Currently 30 degrees in Lynchburg, 32 in Bedford and Roanoke and Salem, 29 in Danville, 30 in Amherst, and 30 in Appomattox. Well, if you're a friend of the show, then you know we have had Americans for Prosperity on before uh, in 2023, and they were hard at work last year working on health care and economic progress, education. Uh, one of the other things that they worked on, which I really uh, thought was some great work, was in the criminal justice system working uh, with groups to review prison profiteering and uh, and kind of going above and beyond with that. Many accomplishments in 2022 and looking ahead to 2023, uh, we welcome this morning uh, C.J. Saylor with Americans for Prosperity. Good morning. Good morning, Janet, to you and your listeners. Thanks for um, having us on. Well, now, you're the state director for um, Americans for Prosperity. For people who aren't familiar with your organization, tell us a little bit about what you do and why you do it. Sure. And, Janet, again, thanks thanks again for uh, having us this morning. Um, You know, we are uh, a grassroots organization that's focused on um, advocacy uh, for folks uh, who are principled um, and who believe in uh, freedom and opportunity for all Americans. Uh, we focus on uh, education opportunity, energy abundance, economic growth, um, as you mentioned, uh, also some criminal justice uh, reform uh, that we think uh, would be a really good uh, value system to uh, Virginians here. And uh, we look to work with anybody to do good. Uh, there's a Frederick Douglass quote that our, our founder uh, uses um, that he talks about working with anybody to do good and nobody to do bad. Uh, right. so really proud of the work that we're doing and, and really uh, especially proud of the grassroots activists that we have all throughout the Commonwealth who are the folks that's closest to the problems that really are, uh, you know, pushing uh, uh, forward on, on issues that's important to us and, and really looking at long-term solutions versus short-term fixes. You know, it seems like the America that I grew up in, uh, their prosperity wasn't a dirty word back then. Um, you could be proud of your country. You worked hard. You wanted to have an opportunity to, to prosper and to pursue happiness and uh, to be successful. It seems like nowadays prosperity is, is a dirty word. Uh, I, I love that you guys aren't apologetic about that. Let's talk about uh, energy abundance uh, in that p- we're getting pictures of uh, energy bills that you would not believe, my friend. $900, over $1,000 uh, for a family of four. Yeah, Janet, it's real. Uh, I get my, my bill every month and my eyeballs get bigger and bigger. Um, and it's a huge problem. Uh, that we're looking to solve, uh, especially um, with families um, that are hit hardest by this. I mean, energy prices have, have just soared in the past two years. You know, and national policymakers continue to restrict production of, you know, carbon-based energy in favor of green energy that just can't keep pace with demand. You know, so we're looking at, you know, really, really focusing on bills and those elected officials that support abundant, reliable, and affordable energy and it's just critical for us to achieve our goals uh, this year. You know, one of the one of the things I'm sure you're aware of is the governor's uh, regional greenhouse gas initiative, known as Reggie, uh, really pushing that and ending that here in Virginia. I mean, it's been toxic for us 
uh, you know, reforming uh, Virginia's Clean Economy Act uh, and just really, really getting uh, this inflation under control so that Virginia families can, can keep more of their money. And uh, fam- I'm a family man myself. I have a 11 month old daughter now. And oh. We're trying to figure out, uh, you know, what, what is the summer going to look like in terms of trips we can take with her and and doing excursions with her, but we're worried about uh, our prices. We're worried about the inflation prices, worried about our, our gas and light bills. And so this is something that, that really is, is uh, hitting uh, at the home front on all of us, and we're really looking to push forward on uh, finding some, some, some solutions to this, this energy crisis that we have here in Virginia. You know, what I hear from our listeners is nobody's against green energy. I mean, everybody, we're fine with that, but it has to be done in a common sense way. We have to make sure we have the proper things in place before we pull that trigger. And we simply don't, we're just not there yet. Yeah, Janet, exactly. And, and you know, uh, there's uh, some, some bills out there that we're going to be, we are supporting uh, that really cuts back on this uh, the SEC bill um, out there uh, by Delegate Ware. Uh, that really focuses on the oversight um, on, uh, you know, how how are these gas prices and, and energy being regulated here in Virginia. And so uh, we're really, really getting our grassroots folks excited about this and having them call the legislators, uh, you know, taking the trip down here to, to Richmond, to the Capitol, uh, to talk to the legislators about um, how hard this is on families. Uh, and how it's putting a chokehold on the hard-earned money that, that everyday Virginians are going out and working, and then they, they have to put out more money uh, just just to uh, uh, have a a satisfactory home life. Right. Well, you're talking about, you know, things that, that people are, are concerned about. Probably one of the biggest concerns that we have in the Commonwealth right now is our children. You say you've got uh, an 11 month old i'll tell you she'll be she'll be school ready before you know it it comes in a blink of an eye and uh and our schools are not doing very well right now we we did not suffer covid very well and we're still in big time recovery there yeah janet absolutely uh just you know starting with the the nap scores from last year coming out of covid uh, Virginia's children, especially children uh, of black and brown, uh, have had the lowest scores in the country when it comes to reading and math. Uh, and it's just unacceptable. Um, and so, you know, uh, you know, uh, we are all about uh, opportunity and we're all about finding long term solutions for short term fixes. And the education um, uh, with some of our, our public schools here, uh, not all public schools are bad. I'm a product of a public school. I actually had an opportunity uh, to attend a school outside of my district. I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. And so, you know, these things hit, hit close for me because I had opportunity to go to a, a, a to leave a failing school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I left that failing school, my life changed. I was able to uh, go to college. Uh, I went to the school where Martin Luther King is an alum of and found my way to, here to Virginia, met my wife, and, and I'm blessed now. But a lot of children don't have that opportunity, so that's why we're pushing for educational choice and freedom for parents to choose. You know, I, I think one of the best things that you can have as a parent, as I'm a new parent, is really just having that choice and freedom to choose what school your child goes to. You know, not all children learn the same. It's not a one-size-fits-all approach when it comes to education. I think we need to enact freedom in schools, uh, which is why we're supporting um, House Bill HB 1508, 
uh, put in by Delegate Davis, which gives uh, students an opportunity to have an education uh, savings account. Uh, there's about forty-six to, to uh, $6,000 is put into account for a parent to choose. They want to uh, have their kid leave a failing school to attend a, uh, a private school uh, that can help them reach their potential. So, you know, it's dismal. Uh, it's been sad uh, about uh, what's been happening in our education system uh, here in Virginia. But uh, I'm just glad and we're, we're excited here at AFP that we have a governor uh, in Yunkin who uh, empowers parents and who talks about empowering parents so that we can uh, give, give, give parents that choice again and empower them to make the best choices for their children. And then, uh, and then the final thing that um, that you're really focusing on in 2023 is economic growth, um, wage growth, that type of thing. As it's a tough time right now, inflation is rampant, and rumors of a full-blown recession before year's end is a very real possibility. How are you moving forward there? Yeah, Janet, again, just going back to, uh, you know, our focus on, uh, you know, uh, long-term fixes versus short-term solutions. I mean, real wage growth is just stalling here in Virginia. Uh, again, we're happy that the governor uh, has made a great announcement yesterday on just winning, uh, the idea is winning Virginia and, and just really getting the income tax uh, down, uh, really reducing taxes, uh, making it easier for uh, small business owners to, to open up a business and start a business and thrive. Uh, and so we're really, really uh, focusing in on economic growth uh, here in the state of Virginia to put more money back into the pockets of everyday hardworking Virginians. Because when that happens, you know, you are able to take that vacation with your child. You are able to to have some better educational um, outcomes for your child. You are able to to just spend more family time, you know, when you're able to keep more money in your pocket. So we're going to be laser focused on economic growth here. And Virginia looking forward to uh, partnering with uh, legislators and the governor's office uh, on pushing this forward. Uh, we know it's a huge uh, uh, priority for the governor, and economic growth is a top priority for America's prosperity. Uh, and to some of your list- listeners, Janet, if you're interested in learning more and joining our fight uh, here in Virginia for education opportunity, energy abundance, and economic growth, Go to our website, www.asphq.org, that's www.asphq.org, to learn more uh, about our fight. We'd love to have you join us, and if you're concerned about the future of Virginia, join us, because uh, our goal here is to give Virginians the future they deserve. Excellent. Well, we've enjoyed having you on the program this morning. We've been talking with uh, State Director C.J. Saylor with uh, Americans for Prosperity Virginia. Thank you again for joining us. We look forward to having you again. Thank you, John, for having us. Have a good day. You too. We'll put that uh, link up on our website. It's important to support these grassroots organizations if you believe in what they're doing. We'll be back with more on The Morning Jam. We are the Morning Jam. The Morning Jam with Janet on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Our number, 866-916-3776. It's toll free. You can call us from anywhere and talk about pretty much anything you want to talk about because that's how we roll here. Uh, You can also text us, but we always prefer a call if That's dangerous. What? You said anything. I will talk about anything. I know. As I'm long just... as you as long as you keep it 
you know, PG. clean. You can't be vulgar. But, uh, yeah, doesn't matter if you're conservative, lib, don't care. Call. We'll talk it out. Hash it out. It's all good. Uh, we were talking with C.J. Saylor from Americans for Prosperity. One of the things he was talking about was uh, the freedom for, for parents to have a say in the education of their children. Uh, you know, what is it that their kids are learning? Uh, there was a, a time, and I will say for the most part, while my kids were in school, I, I felt like if there was a concern that I had, if I was upset about something, I could go up there and, and have a, a pretty intelligent conversation with what was going on. Seems like uh, folks are a little less tolerant of that these days. As a mother from Georgia says that uh, she was fired because she expressed some genuine concern uh, over a book at her kid's school. She's a, a substitute teacher. Her name is Lindsay Barr. Here she is talking about this experience. So I am a mother of three three sons in Bryan County school system. Um, I have a first grader and a third grader, and I was also a substitute teacher. And I was subbing, and they're having a um, story time in our school library, and I just went in and investigated what the book was and found that some of the illustrations in the story that was being read to all children, including my own, had some um, questionable, uh, debatable illustrations within it. And so I took my concerns in regards to what was being pushed on my children to the administration. And right after um, I voiced my concerns, I was fired as a substitute teacher. Well, I actually requested initially that they would just exclude my children from these types of lessons. And then I kind of questioned, like, is this the direction that our school's moving in? Um, could we request permission to do this in the future? And she said that my children would be excused from the further story time. I mean, it's pretty clear that public schools can't fire teachers for expressing concern about their children's education. Mm -hmm. In fact, just this past session, Georgia enacted the Parents' Bill of Rights, which gives Lindsay the exact right that she exercised, which is the right to review curriculum and the right to object to it. And she did that, and they allowed her out of that. But then they fired her. Well, and what a lot of schools end up doing, and, and we saw this when parents would opt out of the um, sex ed. If you opted your kids out of it, then they would do it, but then they would try to make the kids feel really weird about it. You know, like, oh my gosh, your parents are so uptight, or oh, you're, and and then they would make a big deal out of separating them and and that kind of thing. So even that can kind of be, uh, you know, a, a problem. Um, so they're not saying exactly. Uh, apparently, it was uh, illustrations of same same sex couples um, expecting children and parenting children. And um, and she was conflicted. She says, this conflicts with my faith and the values that I want to impart on my children. And so they just basically got rid of her. It seems to be that's kind of where we are now. So anybody with with any of those values um, seemed like they're they're being kicked to the curb. Um, uh, and, it, and it's I just think it's really sad that. Because lots of times those are the are the parents that are going to be able to volunteer because they have decided to sacrifice to stay home and be with their be with their kids 
and so now they're just kind of being out of there i did find out from my sister that many of the schools over uh in the valley where she is um are still allowed to go to uh weekly religious classes and my sister has started teaching those and it's such you know a privilege for her to be able to impart those stories on the kids to teach them the values that the bible has uh it kind of made my heart happy and she's also been able to reach out and you know talk with some hurting kids that are dealing with some some stuff and um it's just sad when you see things like this when they just completely dismiss for something that's pretty benign I mean, that was just like, is this really something that we really have to make? Of all the books that are in the library, is that the book we have to to go with? If you want to read that book at home, read the book at home. But is that really, is that there's something a little more middle of the road that we could read for all the kids? But they're pushing an agenda, which we, we know that's what's going on right now. So it's an interesting problem to have. Uh, Biden is getting a just he he thinks it's over but it's not over um still have documents popping up here and there another instance of classified materials being found at properties belonging to or linked to president biden and uh critics now are saying how much longer is he and his defenders gonna just you know ignore the alleged mishandling of the documents and uh, greg jarrett said that uh, excuse or defense is further eroded with every new incident of discovery and pointed out that the federal statute that he suggested counters biden supporters top defense that purported negligence or lack of full knowledge of the misplacements of the documents is a defense of the president one usually lodged in contrast with the aspects of former President Trump's classified document saga in Florida. In Florida, I mean, we're we're definitely seeing the hypocrisy there, um, and and of course he's getting <laughs> expounding on the president's rebuttal that the president takes classified documents handling seriously. Jared uh, Riff, the next excuse might be that Corn Pop did it, <laughs> and that's not that's not out of the realm of possibility. Can I just say? Because, you know, it's corn pop. Pamela Anderson has a a new tell-all book out, and not everybody is uh, happy with it. I I don't know. Of course, I've never taken Pamela Anderson particularly seriously as a celebrity or certainly not an actress. Um, But some people, I guess our fans uh, apparently things are are kind of slowing down for pam so she's decided to write a tell-all book and she says that in the book she accuses sylvester stallone of offering her a condo and a car to be his number one girl to which she said i told him i was only looking for true love and i had to be the only girl sylvester stallone said yeah that never happened She's also alleging that Tim Allen flashed her on the set of Home Improvement, that he was wearing a robe, was completely naked underneath, and exposed like a flasher to her. Um, 
and he said it was only fair because he had seen me naked she wrote in her memoir why (laughs) why would she be doing this now Uh, alan said he would never do something like that um that's that's not the kind of person he is um and he's pretty insulted by the whole thing so i don't know if these are just things that she's trying to get attention for the book i'm not not really i don't really know but alan and sylvester stallone are saying this is ridiculous this never happened um and i guess the reference was because she was in playboy yeah i I guess okay you seem pretty quick on the uptake on that one. I already, yeah, read, that's what he's talking about. I already read the story. Yeah, you just read it for the articles. I no, it. I don't. I, I have never read a Playboy in my life. I am telling I've the truth. I've only ever looked at the pictures. I've not I've even never read. I one. have never touched a Playboy magazine in my life. I guess not. Everything's digital now. That is true. Uh huh. So yeah, but be, I still I haven't gotta, done anything. Whatever. It's uh, it's gonna be interesting. I hope it sells absolutely nothing. Because it really annoys me that these people come out and then at least the people she's accusing of things are still alive. A lot of I, people come out. I can't wait and for my my tell all book, and it's going to be a whole chapter dedicated to you. Bring it on, brother! <laughs> Just do it while I'm still alive, so I can defend myself. <laughs> oh Lord, what are you? She made tell? me seem like I was a hooligan. <laughs> a hooligan. Yeah. Or a that, hooligan. That all I do at night is like read Playboys. <laughs> I never accused you of reading a Playboy. Coming up, we <laughs> have got your local news with WTBJ7. Got your forecast too. Thanks for joining us this morning on the Morning Jam. It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. Sunny and dry conditions are expected for today. I'm meteorologist Christian Johansson. After a cold start, we'll see plenty of sunshine, with temperatures warming into the mid-50s later this afternoon. We'll get increasing clouds for tonight with our temperatures right around freezing. That will play a role as we head into Wednesday morning. We'll see rain spread into the region, likely linger throughout much of the day. Expect a cold rain with highs around 40 degrees. Currently 32 degrees in Lynchburg. We have 34 in Bedford and Roanoke and Salem. 31 in Danville. 32 in Amherst. 32 in Appomattox. Looks like we're going to have a pleasant sunny day today. It's going to be a good dog run day. Yesterday, I, I didn't do the dog run because it was muddy. And then they get muddy and then they come in my house and they make my house muddy and it's just not. So we tried ball throwing. Which Rogan really enjoys, but and, and we got a root. He would really enjoy it. My lord, that dog. So I have a, a a really good. It's a pretty good photo of of Rogan up on my social media. He's he's pretty sp- splendid looking in the in the photo. He's so proud of himself. He's so proud of himself. He's so handsome, mm-hmm. and so I had cropped it, you know, so that he looked magnificent like he was a good boy like he was a good boy but he wasn't a good boy he was he had a giant dirt filled root that he's just started randomly pulling up out of my winter beds because you know they're dead now mm-hmm. they they bloomed in the summer and now they're dead and and he just goes and pulls them up by the roots and then works really really hard to pull them through the dog door and uh, then shakes the dirt out and then carries them back outside so 
it's a busy, busy time. Hokey and I are walking distance from the dog park. So look at you. So we walked there yesterday. Coming back was a little difficult because it's a giant hill. Coming hmm. back, that was uh, I was <gasps> <laughs> coming back up. But see, he's gonna get you in great shape. That's a good thing. So a couple of the stories that uh, we haven't covered yet this morning that I want to make sure that we get to because I think it's super important. Um, we have had a rash of groups attacking our police officers. Um, we've had some situations around the country where basically they're calling for people to, to turn violent. Uh, we had that story out of uh, Atlanta and it, it did turn violent in Atlanta. Uh, the New York Police Department now is saying that yesterday an Apple AirTag was discovered under the hood of a marked patrol vehicle in Queens. Now that's a problem. The small tracking device that connects to Apple's Find My Network was found on the police car in a small plastic baggie. In response to the discovery, the uh, chief of housing reminded the department to be wary during their inspections of marked cars to give the anti-police attacks, uh, given the anti-police attacks occurring across the country, the vehicles are supposed to be inspected before and after officers' tours. But, I mean, what does that mean? What does a, a, an inspection of a vehicle mean? Do they usually check the hoods and the undercarriages and all that? I guess they... I guess they're going to be now. Uh, please keep a heightened state of vigilance in light of the anti-police sentiment we've seen not only here but across the U.S. They sent out to police officers. Continue looking out and uh, being safe. Apple announced last year it was working with law enforcement to avoid unwanted tracking through the use of air tags. Of course, the whole and this this happens all the time. You've got things that were designed to be good and then they get in the hands of bad people and they're used for for bad things. We just had a story, I think it was last week, about the lady that was able to tag, you know, trace her bag better than the airport could because she had a, an air tag on her on her luggage. Um, it, it was designed to help people keep up with their personal belongings, not to track people or other people's property. And they wrote in a statement, we condemn in the strongest possible terms malicious uses of our products. Unwanted tracking has long been a societal problem. We take this concern seriously. The company said misuses of air tags are rare, but every instance is one too many. You would think with Apple, the way Apple is, is that they could do something to make sure you're only pairing with your stuff, but I guess not. They say every AirTag has a unique serial number, number and paired AirTags are associated with an Apple ID, and they can and apparently will provide details in response to subpoenas or requests from law enforcement and they've been partnering with them. So know this, if you if you decide you're going to do that, they are cooperating and you will be apprehended and charged. So there's that. But I guess it shouldn't surprise me, but it still does a little bit. As does this. Um, service members, U.S. service members, 
who were fired for refusing to comply with the Pentagon's COVID-19 vaccine mandate are now being forced to pay back their recruitment bonuses. They uh, are saying that's a kick in the face after years of dedicating their lives to protecting the country. One former Army soldier who was fired for refusing to get the vaccine last May said that he was going to have to pay back his original signing bonus upon his termination from the military because he did not complete the commitment in his contract. The soldier had signed a contract with the Army for six years, received a $7,000 bonus, but because he fell just short of the six years, the military notified him that he owed the government a prorated amount of slightly over $4,000. In order to pay it back, he had to end up selling uh, 60 of his unused vacation days. He said that uh, has impacted his mental health. It's been extremely negative the way he was treated by the military during the whole thing, and it was just a final kick in the face. He was deployed multiple times. The last thing I had was selling leave days that I earned and was never able to take due to me being deployed or needing the time to prepare for a training cycle. I'm about to enter a new world with no income. That little bit would have helped um, buffer that and keep me afloat until I could find new employment. The Department of Defense continues to fall short on reestablishing trust for the wrongdoings, and this is yet another example of that. What are your thoughts on that? 866-916-3776. So they wouldn't get the jab, so they're going to take their bonus. Interesting. Now, here's the thing. I don't think anybody receives more vaccinations than our soldiers. I mean, they get a lot of vaccinations because they travel all over the world. So they have to get them. Um, there's a lot of, of vaccine mandates, but that's not really considered a vaccine. It's more like a flu shot. Are they mandated to get flu shots? Because I would say it would definitely be classified more as that and not a vaccine. So I, I hope this is going to, I just don't think that's right at all. I think that's very messed up that they're doing that to our, uh, to our military. If he, especially if he served that long and he's been deployed that many times. Just kind of messed up. So we'll see what happens for it well if you leave california and you decide you're going to move out of uh of the newsom state you could be facing some extra taxes there california lawmakers are pushing legislation that would impose a new tax on the state's wealthiest residents even if they've already moved to another part of the country assemblyman alex lee Last week, introduced a bill that would impose an extra one and a half tax, one and a half percent tax on those with a worldwide net worth above a billion dollars starting in January of 2024. 
As early as 26, the threshold for being taxed would drop. Those with a worldwide net worth exceeding $50 million would be hit with a 1% annual tax, while billionaires would still be taxed 1.5%. Worldwide wealth extends beyond annual income to include diverse holdings like farm assets, arts and other collectibles, and stocks and hedge fund interest. The legislation is a modified version of a wealth tax approved in the California Assembly in 2020. The current version includes measures to allow California to impose wealth taxes on residents even years after they've left the state and moved somewhere else. Wow. That's that's gutsy right there. Uh, apparently, exit taxes aren't new in California, but the bill also includes provisions to create contractual claims tied to the assets of wealthy taxpayers who don't have the cash to pay their annual wealth tax because most of their assets are already turned into, uh, turned into cash. So they're going to tax the heck out of you as, you know, as California does. And then even after you leave, they're going to continue to just tax, tax, tax. California was one of several blue slates last week to unveil bills to impose new wealth taxes. Others include Connecticut, Hawaii, Illinois, Maryland, Minnesota, New York, and Washington. Nice. More and more people going to want to be moving to Florida. I'm pretty sure. It's time for Janet's Five and Dine on the Morning Jam. Give her five minutes and she'll give you some great inspiration for a delicious meal tonight. Quick reminder, Five and Nine is brought to you by FNL Market. Tomorrow, they've got uh, a big truckload of eggs coming in. Uh, they are grade A white, large eggs, $3.99 a dozen, which right now is a pretty dang good price. Uh, we are making a delicious sesame chicken cabbage crunch salad. We really love salads made with the cabbage instead of lettuce. They just, when we're cooking for just two people, they just seem to, to make it a lot better than ones made with lettuce, especially for leftovers. Uh, this one comes together pretty quickly, and you're going to need some boneless, skinless chicken breast from FNL, uh, some low sodium soy sauce. You're going to take garlic, brown sugar, a little tahini, some sesame oil, rice vinegar, and fresh ginger. And you're going to make a marinade that you're going to cook that sesame chicken in and also toss some red pepper flakes in there and some sesame seeds. Uh, And it just makes a delicious chicken really just on its own. Then you're going to make a salad with green and red cabbage, some green onion, cilantro, carrots, red bell pepper, and jalapeno. Then you're going to top it with the chicken and make a dressing from some of the same ingredients. Your sesame oil, your olive oil, some soy sauce, not too much rice vinegar, pure maple syrup, garlic, and fresh ginger. You can get all of the specific uh, measurements and how to put this salad together. If you go to Facebook, type in Janet's Five and Dine, you'll find this recipe and all the recipes we share brought to you by FNL Market, where their meats are cut above. Before you fire up the coffee maker, turn on the Morning Jam. The Morning Jam with Janet on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. 
Our number is 866-916-3776. We had some uh, interesting topics this morning, some great calls as well. That'll be up on SoundCloud a little bit later. Also, that interview that we did with C.J. Saylor. He is the the regional director of Americans for Prosperity. Uh, He had a lot of great information that he shared with us. All that will be up on SoundCloud uh, later on in the day. Well, a forest man is on a mission to set people free from opiate addiction. He has created created a device that allows patients to taper off their fentanyl medication at their own pace. He lives right in the forest area, but he thinks his invention will save millions of lives. Uh, he created FinBlock, a device that blocks the transdermal flow of fentanyl from a fentanyl patch. Um, he, in 2011, he was diagnosed with uh chondrosacoma i don't know what that is Uh, and i probably butchered it my apologies uh it was wrapped around my spine my left hip my pelvis it was eight and a half pounds i've been there for six years it took 20 hours to get it out he said he knew there was a, a plan in store for something much greater than himself and he said i didn't hear bad news i felt that on the other end of this if i'm fortunate enough to come through god would give me a plan and i waited for the plan from the time i got home um i i found out that i wanted to get off opioids i knew that was my mission he was prescribed several opioid pain medications things like oxycodone hydrocodone and eventually fentanyl after his surgery And he said he was severely addicted and that the addiction doesn't bring you highs. It just tells you you need more and it'll just clamp down on you and you just need more, more, more. And there's no end to it. Um, And he he has developed this uh, to get off of fentanyl dependency. And he said he used it himself. And in 14 months, he was free from fentanyl. And when he ended, he didn't have any withdrawals. Uh, the migraine headaches had disappeared. The depression was gone. It's uh, it's a pretty amazing, amazing thing. And he's right here in, in our region. So he's kind of a local hero for sure. So that's uh, Neil Jackson, 73 years old, lives in the forest area. That's a great story. Here's a, a story that you might think is interesting. Looking for you're you're a new homeowner. You might need to need a few extra bucks. Are you a cheese lover? Yeah. Okay. Mattress reviewing website is seeking study participants willing to get paid a thousand dollars to eat cheese snacks before going to bed. Sleep Junkie announced it's seeking five dairy dreamers for a study that seeks to address the commonly held belief that. Consuming cheese or other dairy products before bed leads to nightmares. I've never heard this. Because they've always said, oh, a warm glass of milk, that'll help you go to sleep at night. Yeah, that's like contradicting. It is a little bit contradicting. Uh, They also want to look and see if it's true. Do different cheeses have more of an effect than others? The five chosen dairy dreamers will be asked to track their sleep and provide written evaluations of their sleep quality, energy level throughout the day, and report on dreams and nightmares after consuming various cheese products before going to sleep. And they say uh, the study will last for three months. Applications are being accepted through February the 10th. 
And uh, they say they realize it's not just nightmares that can play havoc on a good night's sleep. So we wanted to see if there was a different, uh, if there was a link between the different types of cheese and other symptoms that can make you feel unrested. It doesn't say whether or not, you know, because some people can't do dairy at all. So you're not going to get accurate results. You better be asking some serious questions. You want to apply, though, you need to do it before February the 10th. Hmm. And then you'll have a chance to, uh, I mean, a thousand bucks, that's pretty good just to eat cheese. You'll probably be keeping hokey out of the cheese, but, you know, you could probably do that. Maybe. My dogs love cheese more than they should. Um, M&M's is uh, replacing Spokes Candies. The candy brand M&M's made a surprising move Monday. It's going to be benching their Spokes Candies and going to replace them with Saturday Night Live alum Maya Rudolph. (laughs) The announcement comes after the candy company made some changes to some candy mascots such as changing the green M&M shoes from high heels to sneakers. The changes were said to be made in the name of inclusivity, but the change in candy mascot footwear led to Tucker Carlson calling the M&Ms less sexy, something he was widely mocked for. And uh, it's become, instead of becoming a promotion, it's become a battle, battle of political beliefs, it says. So the spokesperson became a target for internet memes. And um, now Rudolph is going to be coming on as Eminem's new mascot with a Super Bowl advertisement. Yeah, I suspect that uh, I expect our Eminem's will be back. That would be my guess. I bet you this is part of it. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure they're just having poking some fun with it. Uh, I will say I had a little altercation with Mrs. Brown back in the day because I thought it was just a little woman encroaching on me in the grocery store. Like I could see her out of the corner of my eye. The brown M&M? So I'm in line. I'm a little grumpy. It may or may not have been senior day and people were moving very slow. And so I was a little grumpy and there was this little person all up in my grill. And all I could, I could feel her presence and I could see the little toe of her shoe Mm -hmm. like right up on me and so i'm putting my stuff up and then i wheel around to give her the stink eye and it's a mrs brown m&m display so it wasn't a bright shining moment somewhere that's on my social media because it made me laugh so hard i took a picture of her it's like when you're trying to clap back at a mrs brown in the in the aisle yeah well what are you gonna do you just gotta you just gotta do your thing so so I did. I did my thing and I got freaked out by you know an M M&M, and M, Mrs. Brown, who apparently doesn't wear high heels anymore. So who knew? Uh Tennessee Mansion has gone viral for a Zillow listing. I mean, sometimes there's some interesting Zillow listings. I had a friend send me one, said this was our recommended uh listing on Zillow and it was literally like a raggedy shack that was all overgrown (laughs) and but it had a lot of land with it so I'm not sure why they chose that as the main picture but after just four days on the market a Franklin mansion that went up in flames is under contract 
Benchmark Realty listed the home for $1.5 million, a steal for five acres in Williamson County. On September 11th, a construction worker called 911 to report an explosion. Happily, it was not life-threatening, but it did a lot of damage. So in the Zillow listing, uh, it says, Tragic loss by fire, classic mansion, sold as is. But it sold. It had two other. That's a hot product right there. (laughs) Five acres, two existing homes. They have somewhere else they can live on there. It was an interesting choice to show the exploding mansion on their Zillow. But it worked for them. So whatever works. We'll see you tomorrow, guys. Thanks for joining us on the Morning Jam. Have a great day. You're listening to the Virginia Talk Radio Network, 100.9 WIQO Forest and 106.3 WMNA-FM Greta Danville.